the November 1st, 2019 episode of Weekly Signals Meltdown. Broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Yeah, bark for impeachment, Mahler. <laughs> That's what I've been telling all my dog friends to do. Bark for impeachment. And as always, a beautiful, talented canine, or what I like to call a bow-wow, oh, yeah. Mahler, the fake news dog. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Mahler. Did you hear that one? Uh, what's his name? Come on. Help me out. Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump yeah. is doing that, uh, you know, the dog thing. The uh, guy the, from the raid on Baghdad, yeah. military, military do- canine. canine uh, they call him a canine, but it's what I call a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he doing, Andrew Dice Clay? What is with that man? Today we'll be talking about revenge porn, yeah. salt-tolerant crops, day zero, the Republican... Green New Deal <laughs> and more. <laughs> but first, you have a happy Halloween. I did. Yes. Yeah, really? I, I, uh, my dad bought a huge bag of chocolate, oh, stuck it in a right bowl there. outside. Nobody outside was nobody knocked door? at the door because huh? he had a big outside bowl. the gate. Outside or? the gate. Outside oh. the gated community of Casper. Yeah. So you have like an <laughs> airtight chamber. <laughs> From the New York Times, zombie flies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mother. Scientists discovered that after a particular fungus fatally infects houseflies, that fungus makes microscopic fungus guns to blow spores at other insects nearby. This is such a weird story. Yeah. Yeah. Microscopic fungus guns. Fungus guns. (laughs) That sounds like a punk band. Yeah. Attacked by a fungus called Entomorthora muscae that takes over their bodies, flies jerk like the undead moments before they die. Scientists call them zombie flies, and they're found across North America. Entomorthora muscae, the fungus, determines when and where the fly dies. It actually has some sort of mechanism, so it has an idea when and where the fly dies so that it's in the best position, the fly is in the best position, to shoot fungal spores on other unsuspecting flies and turn them into zombies. Listen, if they can make a movie with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis called The Fly, yeah. this would make a hell of a story. Maybe Thanks. it's not a fly, but this is a really troubling story. Yeah, I, I also Shooting... remember the Vincent Price one myself. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. You remember oh, Vincent Price? Yeah, he yeah. did it. In a kind of mind control, the fungus forces the zombie fly to seek an elevated perch and lift its wings in an unnatural position. This allows the fungus to grow from the insect's back and abdomen, looking like stripes of white fuzz. The fungal fuzz forms fast. Look at that. Yeah. That is just... Ugh. It's twitching. It's, it's we have a little uh, of, fly here in the studio with us. Yeah. Well, he's a zombie now. The fungal fuzz forms fast, shooting spores from microscopic fungus guns to attack healthy flies that get too close to the dying insect. All it wants to do is shoot and feed. It takes over the brain. From Dame Magazine. Dame. It's uh, a new publication, okay. at least for me. All right. I'm enjoying it. Are you? Dame. Dame. 
Representative Katie Hill announced her resignation from Congress on Halloween. Yes, she did. Where she represented, not on Halloween, but just in Congress, she represented California's 25th district since January following several days of targeted harassment online. (laughs) California's 25th district is up there in North Valley, Simi Valley, Lancaster. Lancaster, Palmdale. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nasty, politically a nasty area. The smear campaign reproduced and published nude private photos of Hill, a top Democrat representing a key swing district, leaked to right-wing media by her ex-husband, who must be a real pig. The photos were not consensual. It's illegal for members of Congress to have romantic relationships with staff, That's whatever okay. the heck that means. Right. Can you have a platonic romantic relationship with staff? There have been so many examples of men and Republican men who have yeah. had these sort of liaisons in the past. Exactly. Not to mention Trump right. and Supreme Court Justices Brent Kavanaugh and... Clarence Thomas right. are empowered even though they can't control their penises. Apparently not. Yeah. yeah, They've been charged with harassment and assault, but because Hill's alleged affair has been with a female staffer, it was hypersexualized. Yes, it was. Yeah. Hill is a victim of revenge porn. porn. A recent study found that 10 million Americans, or 1 in 25 Americans, are victims of revenge porn or non-consensual sharing of a partner's intimate photos as a means to punish or coerce them. Now, it should be called sexual blackmail. Yeah. The payout is pain. And unsurprisingly, the study found that women under 50, people of color, and LGBTQ people are much more likely to be threatened with revenge porn than men. And label revenge porn is salacious. Yeah. Which, it doesn't make sense. It really should be called something else because revenge can be considered a justification. Right. And porn implies that pictures are just sexual content rather than crime. By the way, the last vote that Katie Hill made was for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Good for her. She she delivered a speech on the floor of the House basically saying, I'm going to fight this for the rest of my life against this kind of thing happening to someone else. So really what you got here in revenge porn is a documentation of your private acts. Right. Where do we draw the line on privacy? Right, you're exactly right. The reporter who wrote the story, who broke the story of Katie Hill, worked for Steve Knight, who was the representative yeah. prior to Katie Hill, and also has been in the Republican apparatus for many, many years. And it broke on this site called Red State, which is a rabidly right-wing Republican site as well. So there's yeah. some political machinations that go far beyond just her husband being an, an asshat. Currently, 46 states, including California, where Hill is from, and Washington, D.C., also have laws that explicitly prohibit revenge porn. In California, it's punishable with prison time. Well, you can get five years. <laughs> it can't be emphasized enough that Hill was forced to resign despite being the victim rather than the perpetrator of the crime. Right. After winning one of the most competitive elections in the nation, she introduced COSIGN and helped pass key legislation on reproductive rights, health care, LGBTQ justice, and more. And by doing it all as a young woman, she inspired others to see a path forward. And now this. Yeah, Molly. I feel the same way. From the Washington Post. We underestimated again, Mike. We keep underestimating. According to a new study, rising seas could affect three times more people, three times more people by 2050 than we previously thought, threatening to all but erase some of the world's great coastal cities. Yeah. 
The study used a more accurate way of calculating land elevation based on satellite readings and found that the previous numbers were far too optimistic. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I think that's I what... Th- I thought we were pretty pers- pessimistic. We you? are. Yeah. <laughs> they, we, we apparently were, no one... Yeah, that, that's I, the way the study's we listening were too to optimistic <laughs> in our pessimism. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. They apparently have not been listening to weekly signals on a regular basis, the people who were putting out these previous reports. I don't know. I, I they, think we have to get more well, pessimistic than we already are. <laughs> I think I, so. Uh, the new research shows that some 150 million people are now living on land that will be below the high tide line by mid-century. More than 20 million people in Vietnam, almost one quarter of the population, live on land that will be inundated. In Shanghai, water threatens to consume the heart of the city and many other cities around it. That's a big place, That's a huge Shanghai. Yeah. The new projection suggests that much of Mumbai, India's financial capital and one of the largest cities in the world, is at risk of being wiped out. Right. Alexandria, Egypt, founded by Alexander the Great around 330 B.C. It's been standing for a long time. Could be lost to rising waters. In other places, the migration caused by rising seas could ignite or inflame regional conflicts. Basra, for example, the second largest city in Iraq, could be mostly underwater by 2050. Overall, the research shows that countries should start preparing now for citizens to relocate internally. Right. The other thing that is not mentioned in the article and that is important is that as seawater levels rise, the acidification, the pollution, the bracking of our freshwater supply will become an increasingly larger issue to deal with. Yeah. As the seawater levels rise, it essentially makes our freshwater in many coastal areas unfeasible yeah. to use. You're not being optimistic, Mike. I know. You know, I know people that listen to weekly signals yeah. with a handgun and whiskey. Really? Uh, Do they play a game with that? Well, that what, <laughs> if we say something pessimistic, they take a shot. I don't know. This is sad, sad. Uh, If this news makes you feel inundated, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to dry you out? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio at 88.9 FM KUCI.org. From the Los Angeles Times, yeah. five reasons. Oh, That's five reasons. Five Mike. reasons. Five reasons. <laughs> the climate crisis is the worst environmental problem ever. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, Mahler. Yeah, Mahler. Everybody, cheer up. Here we go. Number one. Oh. Number one. The pollutants that contribute to the climate crisis are global pollutants that do their damage no matter where on earth they're released. Yes. Past pollutants like sulfur dioxide, which causes acid rain, or nitrogen oxides, which cause smog, are local pollutants, which do most of their damage near where they're released. Elected officials are much more likely to enact measures to curtail local pollutants because the local voters who elect the local politicians are directly affected by the local pollution. And pretty pissed off about it. Yeah. With global pollutants, much of the damage is felt 
far away and may not be something an elected official can control through local action. And it gives the people who are polluting plausible deniability and a lack of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. (laughs) Number two. Yes. With climate change pollutants, much of the damage is in the future. The electors and the electeds are too short-sighted to pass measures that would cost money and cause inconvenience now, but if they thought about it, would save their children eventually. <laughs> you would think, yeah. yeah. But I guess yeah. the way it works, They're just we're just in the yeah. now. Yeah, we Can't think about the future. <sighs> Number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number three. The pollutants producing the climate crisis can't be directly linked to a smoking gun. Nitrogen oxide emissions directly create smog, which is easily recognized. It's a human waste product. Right. We know that. Yeah. Climate change pollutants lead to more frequent bad events, but these events occur naturally. We can chart over time that hurricanes are getting wetter and more damaging or that drought cycles last longer, but those observations are easily dismissed by not taking evidence seriously. Right. Weather is variable, but not this variable if you want to prevent a catastrophe. But nevertheless, people say, well, got hot last year. Listen, I got a snowball right here in my hand. Uh, Rising average temperatures, too, can be ignored because they've always been record-setting days and heat waves, but... Not this hot and for this long. And By the way, July the was the hottest month ever recorded. Yeah. Ever recorded. All you have to do is kind of really look around, pay attention. Things are a little bit different these days. Look I, at the I've fires. Had, I've had plants die that have never died in yeah. a place that I've lived in for 40 years. Right. And they just shriveled up at times where they wouldn't be shriveling up. Look at the last two or three fire seasons here in california yep number four are we optimistic enough for you (laughs) number four developing countries contribute a large share of the pollution that drives the climate crisis it's difficult for developed nations like us to make the case that the same technologies that made our own growth possible should now be denied to countries trying to achieve the same kind of growth right And it's hard for policymakers in developing countries to justify paying the costs of reducing global pollutants when their citizens are still trying to get enough food to eat and clean water. I want to challenge that particular step. A challenge. It's a challenge. They say it's difficult and hard and it's expensive. I come back to my statistic of the decade, which is the United States spends more money subsidizing fossil fuel than it spends on education. So when I hear that it's too difficult or it's too expensive or the rest of it, it's just BS. The fact that these politicians lack the political will to do something that they now know will cause long-term ramifications for our sustainability as a, yeah. as a species just doesn't ring true. And it's, it's just I think it needs to be called out. And n- number five, <laughs> number five. The pollutants causing the climate crisis are tied directly to crucial aspects of people's lives like transportation, home electricity, heating, and air conditioning. If the devil had set out to design the perfect environmental crisis, one that would slowly destroy the earth through the decisions of blind politicians, those five factors would have made climate change a brilliant choice. Whoa! Smaller. I agree. From Sierra Club magazine. 
As sea levels rise, people who know how to put a thumb in a dike will become very popular. <laughs> Many of them will likely be Dutch. The Netherlands has been constructing flood barriers for centuries and added a massive network of dams and levees after a 1953 flood killed 1,835 people. 26% of the Netherlands is below sea level, so they've got a head start. Yes. Here are four Netherland tricks for global flooding. Number one, the water square. Yeah. The water square. That sounds like fun. Yes. I do know. Oh, go ahead. You do know something? I do know that L.A. is considering something like this. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's a great idea. L.A. County. That sounds good. Imagine a standard European plaza where people meet to chat, drink coffee, play chess, people watch, show off their dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like to show off their dog. (laughs) Now imagine it's built around a giant concrete bowl. A water square in Rotterdam was built so that when floods come, gutters set into the sidewalks carry water away from nearby buildings and into the plaza, turning it into a temporary reservoir. Mm. So you have this kind of step-down bowl. Yeah. You can use it when it's sunny out. And when it's raining, you're not using the public square anyway. (laughs) So you got a nice little pond there in the middle of the square. And it is, in fact, water that can be used for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily drink out of well, it. No. That means you, Mahler. Don't drink out don't drink out of the water square. Number two, salt tolerant crops. Yeah. Dutch farmland is already experiencing salt water intrusion, and as seas rise, more salt water will seep into coastal farmland around the world. Some farmers are switching to crops like samphire, a sea vegetable once known as the poor man's asparagus. It's also mentioning King Lear. Is that right? In the fields of Dover. Yeah, there's some beetles carrying it around and crows are going after them. And, okay. Yeah, they're having some of the sea vegetable. I don't know if it's real tasty, but they can come up with other stuff. Scientists and farmers are breeding crops that can grow in salty conditions with relatively low loss of yield. The greatest success so far is a potato four times more salt tolerant than standard taters. Well, there you yeah. go. That's I like me a good tater now and then, and yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go for that. Yeah. And yeah. number three, yeah. the sand engine. Yeah, I like this one. You like it? Yeah. The Dutch are dredging sand to create giant sandbars in locations that would let wind and waves gradually redistribute the sand along the shoreline, protecting the shoreline. Yeah. So you just kind of pile it up, yeah. and, and just naturally it's going to move to where it's needed. <laughs> yeah. And number four, letting the water in. Yeah. That's it's what you got to do it. you got to figure out a way to deal with it, yeah. Hundreds of years' worth of flood infrastructure in the Netherlands held back the water, but also dried out the peatlands near the coast, causing them to compress and sink below sea level. In the 1990s, the government began removing and lowering dikes and relocating farmers to higher ground so that the land could safely flood again. The Netherlands still has no shortage of high-tech flood barriers, but this approach is a reminder that sometimes adaptation means Retreat. Yep. These Dutch people have yeah. got it down. They've been working on this for a long, long time. And maybe we should be listening to what they're doing. I think Newport Peninsula ought to start doing it right now. Yeah. And all these yeah. very kind and generous rich people that live down there <laughs> ought to just kind of pick up yeah. and think about what you're going to do or what your children are going to do yeah. when the waters rise because I'm not going to bail you out. Right. 
We've been talking about this for a long time. Building infrastructure now will be infinitely more feasible than it will be in the middle of real climate damage. The ability to build our infrastructure out of that and essentially mitigate it is going to be exceedingly difficult to yeah. do and costly, and a lot of people will lose their lives in the process. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to KUCI.org. Nathan, please give me something to look forward to. From Time Magazine, <laughs> UN climate scientists think that they can halt global warming and buy up to 20 years of time to fix it. There, well, you, there go. you go. Well, see, yeah. that's, thank you. The cost, $300 billion. Or half of what the U.S. military budget is right now. Exactly. That's cheap by global catastrophe standards. Half of what the U.S. spends on its military. The world's military spends that every 60 days, every two months. Yeah. They spend that. You think they'd throw a little bit of money to saving everything. Especially since the U.S. military has identified climate damage, climate change, as the number one threat to U.S. security moving forward. If we put a face on climate change, if we put the face of Saddam Hussein Hussein and said this is a threat to us, there'd be Republicans standing on their desk in the U.S. Senate to make sure that money was there. Maybe we ought to do that. Maybe we should do that. Climate change, we could change it to Charlie Chang because it's C.C., not to, oh, yes. not to yes. cast dispersion on anyone with a last name of Chang. Yes, that's right. Because Donna Chang, of course, was a white blonde. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. In yeah. Seinfeld, as you as you Oh, well that's, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Donna Chang. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, I don't know. I do the know. climate scientist's plan is to use simple age-old practices to lock millions of tons of carbon back into an overlooked and overexploited resource, the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Returning that land to pasture, food crops, or trees would convert enough carbon into biomass to stabilize emission of CO2, the biggest greenhouse gas, for 15 to 20 years, giving the world time to adopt carbon-neutral technologies. Right. The heart of the idea is to tackle the growing problem of desertification, the degradation of land to the point where it can support little life. This isn't about deserts here. This is about land that's already been productive that we've degraded. What we need to do is put more carbon into the soil. At least a third of the world's land has been degraded, but the right use of fertilizer in the soil and getting that natural vegetation and grazing land thriving again is something we can do. And it's also something that would help mitigate the effect of climate change. Exactly. The main cause of emissions from agriculture is poor land management. Solutions are known. Sustainable land management, sustainable water management, sustainable soil management. And just for what's worth for those gripers out there who think that sustainable is what? A hippie word? It means taking care of itself. Yes. It means independently able to exist on its own. Don't Republicans like that? Isn't that a concept that people that usually make fun of sustainability like? They want to be sustainable. Conservative means to conserve, to maintain, to sustain. Yeah. From Inverse, 
This is another magazine. Oh, yeah. Engineers at MIT developed a new device that they say can capture carbon dioxide from the air at a lower cost than existing devices. Being able to affordably capture carbon from the atmosphere is going to be an important part of stopping climate change. As we all know, Mm -hmm. the device passes a stream of air through a stack of charged electrochemical plates. The researchers describe it as essentially a large, specialized battery. Yeah. The stream of air passes over electrodes that are coated with a compound called polyanthraquinone, which attracts carbon dioxide while the device is charging. Unlike some carbon capture devices, this new device can capture carbon at very low concentrations, like the 400 parts per million we currently see in the atmosphere. That's Fantastic. That's what's going on now. That's great. One of the main problems with capturing carbon in low concentrations is that it's very energy intensive. So it's expensive. This one uses only one-tenth of the energy as some existing carbon systems use to capture carbon. If this device can capture CO2 from the atmosphere with a much smaller price tag, it's much more likely that carbon capture will be used to fight the climate crisis on a large scale. We've got to stop looking at things for their hard costs. Yeah. What do they call? Oh, my God, this is going to cost this amount of money. You have to start looking at what they call the social cost. By not doing this, what does it mean to you in the future? What are you going to be spending to mitigate the impact of what you didn't do? Yeah, that should have been a part of economics for a long time. Many, many years. Been. The social cost, which is finally getting some due in the economic realm. Yeah. From Forbes magazine, according to a report by the Rocky Mountain Institute, the global energy transition is happening faster than the models predicted. The energy transition is thanks to massive investments in advanced battery technology. Previous and planned investments total $150 billion through 2020, But in the first half of 2019 alone, venture capital firms contributed $1.4 billion to energy storage technology companies. That's a lot of bucks compared to what they've done before. These investments will push both lithium-ion and new battery technologies across competitive thresholds for new applications faster than anticipated. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. This, in turn, will reduce the cost of decarbonization in key sectors and speed the global energy transition beyond the expectations of mainstream global energy models. These changes are already contributing to cancellations of planned natural gas power generation. Good. They've come up with a term for investing in technologies that will not be economically feasible in just a few years. Stranded assets. Stranded assets. Thank you very much, Nathan. New natural gas plants risk becoming stranded assets. That's my new favorite word. You don't want to strand your assets. No, you don't want to strand your assets out there. No. Thank you. By the way, one of eastern Kern County's leading industries has received a big boost with news. The area's largest mining company has discovered lithium. 
an integral building block of electric cars. I mean, yeah. that's what we're talking about yeah, here yeah, yeah. in the Living. batteries and yeah. the storage. Yeah. In local waste piles of boron, it has generated over the last 90 years. Right. So even over in Kern County, I don't know how safe and good this will be, but at least we have a local resource right. to build these batteries, and maybe we can find out a good, safe way to make this happen. One of the stories that has emerged in the tragedy and disaster that is Afghanistan is that the U.S., as it pulls away from Afghanistan, and I think rightfully, the Chinese have moved in and they are now mining what they call rare earth minerals. And apparently Afghanistan is a plenty with these rare earth minerals, including yeah. lithium. And there's a concern that the Chinese have sort of captured a lot of the world's resources in these rare earth minerals. So yeah. finding some of them here in America, and I hope not to our environmental detriment, yeah. would be a good thing. Yeah. From Reuters, Africa News. South Africa's Minister of Human Settlements, Water and Sanitation said the country would be imposing emergency measures, including rationing, to save dwindling water supplies. The measures follow an abnormally hot, dry summer coupled with below-average rainfall. Sounds familiar. It does, doesn't it? The heat caused a spike in usage that pushed the country into a crippling shortage. Dam levels across South Africa have dropped by 10% to 60% compared to 2018, and water rising in rising water usage and low rainfall could lead to taps running completely dry. Wow. Yeah. We are working hard to avoid the much-dreaded day zero, and instead we are announcing restrictions on water usage. Climate change is a reality and is affecting South Africa, South Africa's water minister said. So day zero is a situation where the taps run completely dry. Yeah. And in 2018, Cape Town, South Africa, only narrowly avoided day zero after declaring a state of emergency and restricting consumption to 50 liters per person per day. Call me crazy. That doesn't sound good. Day yeah, zero. zero. <laughs> yeah. You're going pessimistic again. Now, here we go. Put down the gun. Start drinking the whiskey. Yeah. What frightens me is you turn on the tap and nothing comes out. You want to see and, people and in the streets? Think, oh, it yeah. must be just me. Yeah. And you go outside yeah. and everybody is out in the streets. Where's say, my water? Where's my water? Yeah. And you call the water district and the water district says, well, we're having to ration. We're running out of water. Yes. Then imagine like a week of that. Yes. Or imagine a month of that. And imagine people with pitchforks and torches showing up at City Hall. Well, imagine waiting in line at the Smart and Final for four hours to get your case of bottled water. There's rioting in the streets of Santiago, Chile right now. And one of the main reasons that they have been rioting is over the privatization of water yeah. in their country. And that's happening all throughout South America. So this is something that is not new to the rest of the world. It's kind of new to us. From the New York Times, Mark. Zuckerberg. Oh. Come on, smart guy. God. Come on, get up with it now. I Facebook has an extremely unpopular really. policy that allows politicians to post lies. Yeah. This is Mark Zuckerberg. This is what he was justifying right. before Congress. So his logic is if we post lies, then we know they're lying. Most people figure 
that what they're reading online on Facebook has some semblance of truth to it. Apparently they do, based on 2016. I think we have a large enough sample size now that we can determine that people believed out-and-out crazy conspiratorial lying about somebody. Yes, I think so. And now this week, Adriel Hampton, a marketer and progressive activist in San Francisco, who on Monday announced his intention to run for governor of California in protest of the policy, posted ads that were lies to prove his point. So Facebook uh, says that it won't allow Hampton to take advantage of its policy of political lies, despite his candidacy, because he knows he's lying. He knows he's lying. Isn't that the point of lying? <laughs> Jeez. What's wrong with these people at Facebook? Well, apparently there's a significant or sizable amount of the employees at Facebook who have raised their hand to say this is good, good, not a good thing to do. Hampton says he's exploring his legal options right now. His campaign for governor owes its existence, at least in part, to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York. During a hearing last week, Ocasio-Cortez ripped Zuckerberg a new one about his company's lying policy. She asked if she would be free to target Republicans in primary elections with ads claiming that Republicans had voted for the Green New Deal, (laughs) which they never would. Which would make it a lie. Which Zuckerberg knows. Yeah. It's a but lie. But he says, I think probably. <laughs> it reminds me, in a way, only much worse of like Reagan advertising for Chesterfield cigarettes. Right, you know, right. like, oh, these are good. Smoke lots of these, everybody. <laughs> that gave Hampton the idea to produce a lying political ad that claimed to be from a group called Conservatives for a Green New Deal. <laughs> and lied that Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina Yeah, a Republican and a denier supported the proposal. Hampton was able to get the ad posted on Facebook, but it was soon taken down. He tried again by working with Mike Gravel, the retired senator from Alaska whose brief run for the Democratic nomination ended this summer, but the ad was again rejected. Then Hampton decided that he had to run for office himself. In a statement, Facebook said Hampton's content would be fact-checked for lies because he had made clear that he was running to expose their lie about posting political lies. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, it's okay to lie on Facebook if you don't tell them you're lying, Hampton said. Yeah. This is just so stupid on Facebook's part. I mean, it really is. Come on, guys. There's a better way to play this. How about what... Twitter did. No yeah, political advertising. Exactly. I congratulate Twitter for doing that. Banning all political ads. Jack Dorsey, we've talked thank about you. this before. Yeah. I think I think they should ban all political ads everywhere and make politicians actually say something of value instead of playing these thirty second spots where they show puppies or their opponent groveling and, and taking money on the side. Right. Tell us what you want. Right. Tell us what it is that we need. Give us some leadership here. By the way, the internet research agency based out of Russia. They're lying, okay? You guys took a lot of money from the Internet Research Agency in 2016 and from Cambridge Analytica, which yeah. they tried to ask him about. And yeah, he Facebook just pretended, takes money from all these people. He, he pretended like he didn't know who they were. And finally, last week, the Credit Monitoring and Fraud Prevention Service Equifax was sued for using the same username and password in the lead-up to the 2017 breach that exposed the personal data of 145 million Americans. You're kidding me. Now, this is how Equifax works. That's how their security works. 
To protect sensitive data like your credit card account and social security number, Equifax used the same login admin with the same password. Are you serious? Admin? Yeah. Admin. Admin. Yeah. Equifax. Um, Equifax. Powering the world with knowledge about your private information. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.